Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Shortly, we'll be joined by Beans on Toast ahead of the release of his new album, The Toothpaste and the Tube, on the 1st of December. But before then, the usual reminders from myself. If you would, please do follow Full Pelt on social media. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And again, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome to Beans on Toast, the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you on today. How are you doing? Yeah, great to be back. I'm like I said, I'm I'm rushing around a little bit. It's first day of tour, so I've just fed some hungry musicians uh, in my kitchen, and uh, just it's always a bit scatterbrainy before before you leave. You know, I sort of walk my daughter to school, and then everything's. But it's always that way, and then the minute you get in the van and drive, then everything kind of calms down. Basically, so it's a bit of the sort of like it's the opposite of the calm before the storm. It's the storm before the calm, before the storm. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense it does it does um especially as i say you've uh you know got a lengthy tour coming up so you know obviously a lot of prep goes into these things and obviously today is the day it all kicks off in uh at Tunbridge wells i believe so uh yeah obviously it's gonna it be is yeah and we've month. i mean i literally got back from what america about six days ago and then with the the album is out next week so I've been kind of signing all the vinyl and packaging them up and ready to do, sort of, you know, doing the sort of record label side of things as well. Not, you know, not complaining, but yeah, no. it's been a, it's been it's been a hectic week. Yeah, it's always good to be busy in this industry for for sure, you know, because it, it means things are going well. So uh, obviously, I just wanted to start out with um, the latest single that you've put out, um, "Send Me a Bird." Such a beautiful, beautiful song. Um, and obviously, listeners can can go and check that out on our playlist and on the, obviously streaming platforms. And um, what could you tell us, Beans, about about the song? And um, what what are the themes behind it? It's what a song about, um, you know, c- communicating with the dead via the form of birds. I suppose um, it's definitely one of the more powerful songs that I've written, um, and I say that due to the the reaction that people have from it rather than, than sort of anything else. I actually wrote it. I wrote it last year on Halloween, which, you know, when the, the veil, you know, between the worlds is, is thinner. And it is it was very much as, you know, a lot of my sort of favourite songs that I've written, it was kind of plucked from thin air almost and wrote, wrote the whole thing in one sitting. And it was... The, the initial thing it wasn't written about one specific person, but there was I was at, with my daughter. She does these little football classes in this old church hall around the corner. And I actually she was misbehaving and I dragged her out of the hall to give her a telling off effectively. <laughs> and when we, we pulled I pulled her outside and she went, Dad, look at that blue tit. And there was this little blue tit just sat on the floor right next to us, like acting in a way that birds would not normally act. So I sort of, you know, she's only five. So I said, oh, look, this is really strange you wouldn't normally get this close to a bird and I, I put my hand down and the blue tits sat on my hand wow. and we both stood there and it was like in pure amazement it was like wow what you know and I again I said this is not normal at all for birds like this to, to be able to be this close and I said perhaps it's injured and 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 then the bird flew away and Ren got away without getting told off and she went back into football and at the time I didn't really think a huge amount about it and then um when I was uh, I was telling my wife about it and she just said, oh, but it was Josh, who was a, a friend of ours who passed. And she was like, was there any any yellow, uh, you know, on the bird? Because we had a thing where everybody wore, wore yellow at the funeral and, and stuff like that. And it was so it wasn't almost like um, 
again, as I say in the last verse, didn't have a message for it. I didn't feel like I was, I almost kind of witnessed this, um, uh, I don't know, communication. And, you know, at the same time, I think like I remember when, as a kid, one of my dad's good friends passed away and a little Robin used to come and tap on the window. And my, we no, no one in the family ever questioned um, whether it was Graham or not. You know, it was like that was Graham coming back. And there's something nice about it, about uh, it's I've spoke a lot about, you know, birds visiting people in off the off the back of the song. And there's some there's no one. It, it doesn't seem like religious or it, it's a way of sort of like. It doesn't even seem spiritual. So it's quite a matter of fact when people tell me about it. They're like, and then I was driving home and this bird came by and I knew it was Susie, you know, and it's, uh, and it's, I think it's a really fascinating just sort of idea, really. And uh, yeah, and once, you know, from that, after after that, that thing, when, when, when Lizzie said that, and I was like, just that idea, I just, you know, I said, you know, I sat down to, to write the song and just sort of plucked it out of, out of thin air. And, and ever since I've been playing it, I've been yeah talking. You know, people have either emailed me or or come up to me after gigs and told me about these experiences is that they have, which as to me is just kind of added so much weight to it. I mean, I've been playing it live for you know ultimately since I wrote it, and so it is good to to know that it has this life. Before I took it into the studio, I already knew that the song kind of meant a lot of bit to to a bunch of people. So yeah, and now it's out in the world. Yeah, and it's a yeah incredible concept and just such a fantastic song and uh, yeah, it's getting um, a lot of interaction as you say. You know, people coming to you and, and talking about it. I did also notice because I follow him on on Twitter or we should call it X these days. Was it Adam Hills from Last Leg who obviously you know um, gave you a shout out after Glastow last year? He, he's even shared it and obviously said such a beautiful song. So I mean that must be you know the response must be really cool for you. It is nice. Yeah, yeah, that's Adam Hills. He's, you know, he's been kind to me on, on Twitter for, for a while. And we did a, I didn't actually know his stuff, but every time he retweeted or said something nice, but I sort of acknowledged that he had, you know, quite a wide reach. And then, I, and I sort of tried to look, I was like, I don't really watch TV and blah, blah, but um, he got in touch at Glastonbury and was like, do you want to come and do, can you do a song as part of my set in the cabaret tent? So I did, it was me, um, Adam Hills and Basil Brush. <laughs> what a trio! <laughs> what a trio! Yeah, all on all on stage, and uh, I I sung uh, on and on, I think. And then he was just like, he was like, if you just want to do a song and then just hang around, and if you've got like, you know, and I actually I, on the walk over, I came up with a gag, and uh, I said to Basil Brush, I was like, I was, he was like, anybody got any questions? I was like, I've actually got a question for Basil Brush, and I was like, uh, so Gordon the Gopher. I was like, was he a uh, was he a victim or you know a, a, or a part of it? And then Basil Brush went, "I'm the only one from the seventies that ain't going to jail." <laughs> that was a, a, a Glastonbury highlight for me. I mean, that shit doesn't happen at most festivals, does it? It was no. like on stage making sort of I don't know pedo jokes with uh, <laughs> uh, with Basil Brush. Um, so yeah, he's a great guy. I met him off the back of that, and we hung out a little bit at Glastow and. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a real good guy. Yeah, what a surreal he experience. Have a TV show, but I'm sure that nah. time will come. Hopefully, hopefully, definitely. I I do enjoy the last leg, so it'd be great to see you on there. And um, I also I picked up on when you said obviously about the the story of the song that your daughter was um obviously at a football club in in the local church. Was that the same location the video was filmed? Because I I really enjoyed the video as well. 
that was the idea because I was like well that's where we should we should do it in a church hall and you know what being as I've spent my whole life kind of you know booking out venues and a range of things the hardest thing to book is that church hall I couldn't get in touch with anyone they was like oh they were sort of I'm in an iron so actually that's not the one and that it was it's another local church hall but that was the idea yeah. was to go back there and when I couldn't get that one I got enough. to be honest and the one that we did go to it was probably a little bit prettier and um and their piano was in tune so it was a little bit we only had but even that we was in between some sort of antenatal class and like a children's jujitsu class on a tuesday and we had a two-hour window to get in you know like get everything set up and get that tune recorded and, and out so uh church halls are more sought after than uh, than, than you think yeah, clearly, clearly. But I mean, I love music videos and there'll be a link in the bio for listeners to go and check that one out. It fits the song so perfectly and it's a great little video. So definitely encourage listeners to do that. And obviously the song is it features on the new album, which obviously as fans of you should be aware is going to be out on December the 1st because you release mm-hmm. a new album the same day every year, your birthday. Um, this year it's called The Toothpaste and The Tube. Um, so what can you tell us around the the themes? Because you always write um, about, you know, what's going on in the moment. You know, what 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 are the themes that have fed into this album? This, I mean, this record, I think my last like four records, four, maybe five records, they all had like an overarching theme, which sort of like, not that every song was about it, but it was like the overarching, Survival of the Friendliest was all about, you know, the positivity in the world. And then uh, uh, The Inevitable Train Wreck was kind of about climate collapse. And I'd I'd done a bunch of records that were had a run a theme running through. And for this record, I kind of wanted to do more like old school Beans on Toast record, where it's like every song has a definite theme, but it doesn't necessarily need to have a coherent. I mean, if there was a theme, it would be you know the the world at the moment you know the sort of the modern world but so you know we've got the as we said the song about send me a bird there's song called the greenwash about you know environmental shit show that is greenwashing there's a song called against the war which was about written about the ukraine russian conflict and then also there's a song about swimming in the sea song about touring um what else song about ai artificial intelligence so it's like each definitely like each song is uh has a sort of a subject of its own that doesn't necessarily need to play into the next one it's just a collection of songs of of sort of standalone songs that sit on this on this record basically yeah a bit more of a traditional beans album as you say and obviously fans of you that have caught you on tour last or this year earlier this year um obviously would have seen and heard a few of those songs live so it's um definitely one you know, that the listeners need to to get a copy of and check out for sure and you've worked on this album because again on most your most recent albums you've obviously worked with sort of different people on each one and this time around it was Ferris and Sylvester so what was the experience like working with with those yeah, incredible. I know I know Ferris and Sylvester from kind of back in the day at Spiritual Bar, a little place in Camden mm. where a bunch of real sort of like great hub for musicians. And they've kind of, you know, they're one of the spiritual success stories, really. So I know them from there. And it was mainly there's they produced uh, an album by a guy called Jack Francis, which was my favourite record of last year or the year before last. I like literally I love him. And then when I heard his record, I was like, this is amazing. And I basically said, who produced this? And he was like, oh, Ferris and Sylvester did it. And he's Jack, who's a friend, you know, he said, oh, they've got a wicked home studio in Wiltshire. It's a great experience. They did a great job. So I went to Archie from Ferris and Sylvester and I basically said, 
I want to sound like the Jack, I want an album that sounds like a Jack Francis album. So we got the same musicians in. We got Ross who plays with Jack and uh and set out to do that. You know, not that it does, it sounds like a beans on toast record rather than a Jack Francis album, but that he- heavy on the on the Hammond organ. Yeah, so they've got a little home studio set up in uh, down in Wiltshire just underneath where that like the wicked white horse on the cliff so i'd sort of spend the mornings up by the white horse come down and uh it was a very um it was really lovely sort of a family setup because they got a little they got a little baby little baby lucky who was maybe six months old so it was all really sort of just 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 a sort of not humble what's the word i'm looking for just a sort of like really lovely we we you know we did eat some good food a nice walk and then just sit down turn the, the the sort of living room turns into the live room and uh and archie's just a bit i mean they're all just brilliant musicians basically i mean like more more and more now with my albums i i'm kind of happy to hand over the keys to the car so mm. i write the songs and then i'm just like what would you if this was your song what would you do and and I find that if I take out my my guitar playing, if you get musicians to play along with me, it, it, there's only one thing you can really do. It just sort of ends up going. Dun, 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 dun. But if it's like if you take my guitar playing out and use the song, I mean, even actually, there's a song on this called "The Greenwash," where I wrote it without any instruments at all. I just wrote it in my head and write, and had them sort of melodies. And I was like, right, this is this is how this song goes. Do the greenwash. I just sung it. And I was like, you've got to come up with the music for it completely. And uh, and that's a real, like, um, it's a highlight of the album, actually, the greenwash. And it's got me thinking maybe I should write more songs without guitar. You know, just, just come up with a concept, just do the writing, and then get other people to put music to it. But it was, you know, the, the album was, it came together really easily, which is always a good sign. And it was just a lot of fun. You know, and um, just like we did it in two sittings. Um, we because I wanted to get some music out early this year, so we had like back out on the road and the free stooges and stuff. We really recorded them, got them out, and then went back for another blast. Was there for about a week, like you know, like moved into the family setting, and uh, yeah, it was you know, it, it, it was easy, which I think you know, recording albums should be basically yeah. if it's um, easy and, and, and good fun. And uh, yeah, and I, you know, hopefully I'll do some stuff with them as well. There, you know, I think in my head it would have been nice to do some live gigs with them as the band, but they was just a bit busy to, for stuff like that. But um, but yeah, our paths continue to cross, and uh, yeah, looking forward to everybody to hear it basically. Yeah, no, most definitely. I've had a sneak peek, and it is, you know, again, just a, another fantastic record. And um, I, I just love that you you do as you do now, and obviously work with different musicians on each record. Because, um, you know, not that obviously the one man is guitar sort of you know sound was getting boring because it wasn't because again you were always right about what's happening in the moment, which keeps it fresh. Um, but it just has added to kind of another uh, um, sort of bow to your to your set as it were um, i mean it's album 16 isn't it so it needs to yeah. be imagine it 16 albums of <laughs> it's uh yeah it needs to i've always you know and that's something i'll continue to do you know different musicians different studio you know for the same for the same song <laughs> and uh and then you got a new record 
Yeah, no, it is fantastic. So definitely encourage listeners to go and check that out. And uh, obviously, December the 1st, as it should be a given, um, is, is coming out. So listeners, make sure you are all over that one. And obviously, the tour dates start today as we, as we record this. Obviously, it will take uh, a little while for the episode to come out, a few days. Um, so the tour is going to be in full swing as, as people listen to this um, podcast. And, um, you know, Beans, you've always been someone that gets out and plays a good amount of show you know there's bands and, and musicians out there that will play you know maybe five or six cities the big cities and that's it and and i mean you are just yeah you know, it'd be easier for me to list the venues you're not playing probably than the venues you yeah, are well i mean this is there's i mean even now this tour even after years of doing it still breaking new ground i mean i've never played a gig in pocklinton before but i'm in pocklinton the week after next and in mosley so this is definitely the, the tour for the toothpaste and the tube tour is kind of split between two two runs there's this run in november and december which yeah you know visits I don't want to call it B markets, you know, but the sort of the smaller towns and cities, I guess, and and also completely new ground. So we're also in where else are we going? Like Tunbridge Wells, Guildford, we're in Blackpool. Um, yeah, smaller towns and cities, I guess. Um, and then in February, March next year, there's another run which will be London, Manchester, Newcastle, you know, Leeds, the kind of the, the biggest cities of the country. So certainly covering, you know, as much ground as uh, as, as I can, basically. I mean, I've, it's no secret how much I enjoy touring and uh, how much sort of sense, sense it makes for me. Like I'm still, you know, just feel forever grateful that I just get to continue to do it, basically. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm glad you say that you enjoy it because uh, obviously on this podcast, we always talk about the live dates coming up with whoever the guest is. And I always find myself saying, you know, what can the listeners expect this time around? And obviously prepping this interview, it's like, well, we know what to expect from a, a Beans show. It's going to be a great night of, uh, of you know, um, songs and stories. It's just going to be like a community coming together. It's, it's just going to be just like a you know, really enjoyable sort of night. So I want to aim the question more at you and just say, you know, you do talk so much. What makes you know life on the road such an enjoyable experience for you what do you love about playing shows it's not much i don't like really i mean there's the, the you know obviously that actually being on stage and what you get from that is pretty unparalleled in you know you can't really go anywhere else for that kind of fix um and so but that aside i know it's quite it's quite common that people sort of like say they'll they go for all the rest of the rigmarole in order to have you know to do that bit but that's not how i see it you know like i i think that the setup that we have because we have a sort of simple setup there's not like long sound checks or anything like that so we'll spend the days you know at local parks or you know just sort of ultimately hanging out visiting the country or visiting friends or family that are in they're in that part of the the world um and yeah you know like I, again normally tour with different people as well so i've got like a, a couple of new musicians on this run so it's just sort of like a group of friends tra traveling around, you know, like I in, even even the drives, you know, I don't see them as, a, you know, I really like my van and we all hang out, listen to some music, you know, meet new people, get down, you know. And then, yeah, music venues, I find it fascinating seeing the inner workings of all the different venues. A lot of them I'm going back to visit, you know, old friends in these venues or new ones. Again, there's, you know plus sides to both of both of those things i find that i think it's weird with touring that 
a lot of people i don't know who started the kind of rumor that it's it's a it's a hard thing to do or it's a bad thing to do but i find more and more like if i'm speaking to say i'm speaking to like a one of my mates that from one of my daughter's mates parents like a dad friend yeah and i'll say i'm going on tour for three weeks rather than being like oh lucky you most people are like, oh, dude, that sounds tough. And it's like, fucking hell. I don't know who started that. You know, like, you're basically traveling around. Everywhere I go, I get treated really nicely by friends and strangers alike. I eat nice food, get pissed every night, high five, and, you know, pretty much do whatever I want. And for that, I mean, the jobs that I used to do before I did this, you know, I worked in fucking factories. Like, and the idea that you can do this stuff that would effectively, like, I don't know who took, I think but the song on this album, Back Out on the Road, was trying to put a bit more romance back into touring as well, because I feel like people will, and everybody, you know, everybody's got their right to an opinion about things. And obviously it's not for everyone, but I always, when I was a kid and certainly in country music and stuff like that, it's something to really aspire to, yeah. you know, you people, I always, I wanted to tour and it was like, it wasn't that I wanted, I didn't tour because I thought it'd be hard. It was just like, how do you go about doing it? And I think that it should be, you know, I certainly would back it on the road. I wanted it to, to let people know that, it is, you know, it can be a beautiful way to make a living and a beautiful life. And that people should, again, that's what music is, isn't it? It's something you can aspire to be and do and sort of like, and I, I really worry that, that I, it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? If you keep on reading think pieces about how touring is, there's no money in it and it's bad on your mental health and blah, blah, this, that. I feel it, I read a lot of, of sort of like people shit talking touring and not many people going, fucking hell, I'm lucky to do this. And what a beautiful way to spend, you know, to live your life, basically. So I'm definitely, you know, I feel like it's important to to let people know how much I enjoy it now for that for that reason. Yeah, it is really important to, because to, like you say, at some point the tide has turned and there's been this rhetoric around, you know, obviously with streaming and everything, there's not, you know, the money there. So therefore bands are forced out. And, and to say forced out on the road more to make a living instantly puts it in a negative, doesn't it? Because they should yeah, be exactly that. to go yeah. out. You know, they should be enjoying it. Also, if you couple that with the kind of, you know, the very necessary campaigns, but the campaigns about around music venues where it's like at a glance it's like music venues you know music venues are struggling they're hard to make money touring's terrible you know there's no money to in music it's like if you if, if that's all you hear yeah. no one's gonna like no one's gonna make fucking music you know it's just be like you look at it and be like well let's stay as far away from that as possible and yeah like i said it's a self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it so it's you know it should be you know open new music venues you know go on tour you know aspire towards doing this because what you get back is fucking worth it yeah no very much agree definitely and uh leads quite nicely onto my next question and to be fair because there's again a lot of talk out there about you know music festivals and you know it's, it's so hard to put on a music festival etc cetera, etc cetera. and you've now got the full hardy folk festival that has become a, a mm -hmm. yearly tradition and I, I know you work with a great team of people to to put that on um so obviously, yeah, there is life in music festivals, you know, the new ones are still popping up. And um, I managed to get to it this year and it was just 
an incredible day like yeah just a beautiful atmosphere um so much you know just togetherness you know it didn't matter whether you're in a family group or on your own or or how you attended like everyone just came together um and it was a party you know and, and everyone enjoyed the music so it's such a great festival and i encourage anyone to oh, thanks, sort of man. come along to that for sure so um what were your thoughts on this year's festival um you know how did you think it, oh, it was great yeah i love it like i mean like it's i, I it's that kind of fell on my lap <laughs> almost the full hardy <laughs> folk festival i mean like you said there's for all the work that goes into putting that on I, you know, doors open at midday and I arrive at like half 11, you know, and it's all, <laughs> it's all done. And I just chicka chicka ching, check my guitar, go, open up the doors, you know, and obviously I'd sort of booked it and, you know, did the artwork or, or sort of arranged the artwork. So I, there's, I, I certainly have a part to play, but all the hard, all the difficult bits around that are, are taken, taken by DHP, which is a promoter that I've been working with for years and they do all the difficult stuff. I do all the fun stuff and, and and hoorah! Uh, but yeah, I, you know it's it's this year. Every year, it's just been I, I don't know. I guess perhaps leading up to it, I do get a little bit like ah, uh, you know, I've got a lot of riding on it more so, especially in the summer where I'm just bouncing between other people's mm. festivals. And I think to to begin with, I remember my first year. I was the year before I played some festival in Somerset that was, you know, like four stages and a dance tent and people DJing out the back of electronic uh, sort of like bugs that were driving around and loads of stuff going on. And that was like definitely a festival. And I was like, fuck it. I'm calling mine a festival. All I've got is a bandstand, seven bands and a bar, you know, like, is it even really a festival? But I think there's once I got there that, and, and sort of living it out, the simplicity of it is what where the real treat is, where it's like it's so beautiful. You've got the trees in the arboretum, so it's like natural beauty, which you don't need to decorate at all. And then it's just like the music's good. And I like that fact of there isn't really anything to do apart from watch the bands. You know, it's like get a place, sit down yeah. and just kind of get on. With it. And that that's you sorted. And it's quite it finishes quite early. So it's like it's is a sort of simple but effective. Um, is how I like to sort of view Full Hardy Folk Festival, which is, I guess, is uh, sort of similar to how I'd like to present my music as well. And uh, and it's been great just being able to, you know, offer out shows to to friends. Like now when I see a good band, I'm like, do you want to come and play? I've got, you know, got, got a festival that I can book you on and, uh, you know, and have a bit of budget to play with on that. So, yeah, Full Hardy is great. You know, it's going, it's it's got to go ahead this year. Nice. Sorry for 2024. Um, so I'm just looking around and just getting that booked up now. But I'm glad you came down and and enjoyed it. Yeah, oh, it was a beautiful day. It really, really was. And uh, yeah, one of my lasting memories in life will be my two kids singing "On and On" was the last song, and them them two just really for the first time buying in I've, I've been dragging them to festivals since they were seven weeks old but first time like leaving right. it they were really buzzing they were singing the song still all up the road they just had such a great day it was such a fantastic so thank you obviously for creating oh, that memory you? for yeah. me you know? Uh, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic and um obviously yeah you, you talk about you know the, the freedom you got to curate in the lineup and everything so i mean like, how much of a challenge is it for you to um, obviously because like as you say it's not multiple stages it's just one stage so I guess there's not many slots and you know you strike me as someone that probably has a lot of friends out there that would want to play is it difficult to yeah that's uh, that's the that's the thing it's just sort of like uh, not if I could have more that's it's 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 whittling it down I suppose is the thing and get and it's also I mean. There's also needing to book it to bands that 
But yeah, I can't be too far at my own ass because a lot of some of my favorite musicians, no one's heard of. You know, I could definitely I could book it. Uh, you know, it, I could spend the whole day on bands that no one is necessarily going to. I'd like to get it to a point where I don't necessarily need any names on it to be able to to sell it out. And then I could just be like, just trust me. I know you've never heard of Dylan Warnock, but you're going to love him and sort of get to that position, which, you know, I guess it's sort of moving towards that. But obviously having, you know, like friends that are like Skinny Lister, you know, obviously been working with them for years, you know, and uh, so it was just like family having having them there. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, no, I think you're almost there. So it sold out this year. So I'm pretty sure, you know, with the momentum of it is just a great day out. People will just start religiously. Yeah, you know what? August Bank Holiday Weekend is full out of D3 Festival. So and I go, go and yeah. I don't Can care I keep who's playing. Trying to keep it as cheap as we possibly can yeah. as well. Because I think that's, you know, everything's... And the, the cost to put it on are rising, but it's just like, it's just, you know, it's just make it accessible as possible. Yeah, no, it's fantastic uh, ethos to have, and it's definitely going to pay off, I think, because, you know, uh, I would encourage, again, listeners to this, if you haven't been, head along, check it out, because you won't regret it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, obviously, also the listeners aren't going to regret checking out the toothpaste in the tube. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, everything great coming from you is there always is at the end of every year, tours, albums, you know, you, you know that come, you know, autumn, the leaves start falling off the trees, beans on toast is, is out there yeah. doing its thing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Um, listeners, definitely check all that out. We've got one question left, which is a regular feature on the podcast um, that has been brought in kind of the last maybe 15 or so episodes now, because we always end up on the, on this podcast talking with the guests about a few of the issues in the music industry. And we kind of touched on a couple as we, we went through the touring and everything. So it's called Magic Wand, and we're going to step into fantasy land for a moment. Okay. I'm going to give you a, a magic wand. And with that magic wand, you can change one thing about the music industry, but one thing only. And that's where it gets quite tough. So, um, Jay, with the magic wand I'm going to give you, what would you change in the music industry? Change in the music industry? I'd probably, like... I'd probably, like, have more people, more people going to gigs. Actually, I think, you know, like, uh, yeah, that's that's it. You know, just people that don't normally go to gigs and would be in, would suddenly feel like, oh, I might go out to a show tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, and to, to enlarge the, you know, like the culture. Yeah, that would certainly solve a lot of the sort of problems that we have talked about over the last few episodes of this podcast, you know, getting people out and about and just making everything more accessible so people feel able to get out and about you know and, and i mean as i've touched on you know, throughout this you know, your shows are so inclusive um it's such a community around your shows so I, I think you know if if every um sort of musical scene and community could be a bit more like yours i think that would be a a good one to do just uh sprinkle that fairy dust out there. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting magical we i gotta get my daughter's toys out <laughs> <laughs> yeah no perfect we haven't even talked about the drag uh dragon corn either but yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> no fantastic it's always a pleasure to talk with you jay and i really appreciate you giving up time um obviously on the first day of the tour to do so with me again yeah no worries man lovely to chat lovely to chat and i'll see you out there
Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with Beans on Toast. Do check out his new album, The Toothpaste and the Tube, which is out on December the 1st. And of course, follow Beans across social media to stay up to date with everything coming from him. You can also stay up to date with Full Pelt. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening, because we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast.